The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, Midnight Riders. It is Charles Holmes, one half of the Midnight Boys. And sadly, I have some bad news to share. Over the weekend, Van lost his father, Van Lathan Sr. For longtime listeners of the Midnight Boys, you know how much Van's father meant to him. He shared so many stories about everything that he taught him throughout all of the shows that we've watched. And all of us really, really love Van here. Our hearts go out to him. And just me personally... Van from the beginning has believed in me, has championed me, has taught me lessons. And I know so many of those were taught to him by Van Lathan Sr. So I want to send my love out to Van. Everybody here on the team, we're, we're really hoping that he gets through this. And just for all of the listeners out there, you know how much Van cares about y'all. So please just send him positive energy, prayers, anything that you can while he goes through this moment. And the Midnight Boys here is a family. So without further ado, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to try to give you the best show possible. So please rock with us. We have some really, really exciting things planned. Thanks. Welcome into the Ringerverse, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. My name is Charles Holmes, and today we have a special Midnight Boy stepping in. Finally, show me, how are you doing? I'm feeling good in this neighborhood. I'm ready to get this thing rolling. Let's go, Charles. Ooh, also, Steve, our producer. Steve, how are you feeling? Are you are you ready to help us out a little bit on this? Doing good, Charles. Feeling very excited to talk about this excellent episode of television with you. All right. So, guys, normally you don't do this. This is the first time we're getting it from you live. So, right now, guys, my name is Charles Holmes. We're here with Steve and Jomi, and we are the Midnight Boys. <laughs> All right, so guys, before we get into this excellent episode of Loki, we got, we got some housekeeping. All right? This week is jam-packed with Marvel content and coverage for you. Mal will be giving her deep dive analysis tomorrow on 
the excellent House of Mal. And the Midnight Boys will be back with you on Friday to give you our first reactions to Black Widow. And we got a special guest, y'all. We're rocking. You know, things are going to get a little wild and crazy here. They're going to be a little bit different, but we want you to rock with us, okay? Is that is that fair to say, Steve and Jomi? It's going to be a crazy week. Content stops for no one. That That is true. Steve, it is time. Can you please roll the spoiler warning for everyone out there? We're getting ready to talk about the episode. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. All right, so so now that I'm in the hot seat, I will be doing the 60-second recap. But you know what I'm going to ask for? What are you going to ask for? Van got to choose his music, so I want to choose my music now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jomi, were, were you a fan of the very, very good manga and anime Dragon Ball Z growing up? Nah, man. All right, so you're... Let me... I'm, I'm going to stop you right here, Charles. I'm going to stop you right here, Charles. <laughs> we we have a bit of a problem with copywritten music, so I hope oh, well, that you're going to give me some some best. leeway here. If I do your best, can you? I just want some like hard rock, hard rock anime from the '90s music to back me up, okay? okay. While I do the 60 second right. intro, is that so? Cool? You want you want a DBZ hype <laughs> recap? Yes, is that okay. cool? <laughs> All right. All right. Your timer's ready. Tell me when to go. All right. Power levels ready in three, two, one, go. Last time on Dragon Ball Loki, we begin with Ravona and Sylvie in Time Court, forming a temporary cooperation to find out who the man behind the curtain is. The Lokis remain trapped in the void, guarded by the monster Eliath. The Lokis hide out in a dilapidated bowling alley turned throne room. Ravona, Sylvie, and Miss Minutes attempt to find what lies past the void and who would be behind the timekeepers. After a brief stint of deceit from Ravona, Sylvie prunes herself and casts herself into the void. The Lokis rest and share stories through time while our Loki plans to escape. As he leaves, they are met by Mayor Loki and a gang looking to take control of the territory. Sylvie, upon arriving in the void, is chased by Elioth and rescued by Mobius in a pizza car. A fight breaks out between the gang of Lokis and Classic Loki and Kid Loki and our Loki escape. Sylvie, Mobius, and our Loki reunite and plan to take down Elioth. Ravona interrogates B-15, basically telling her she ain't shit. Loki and Sylvie strengthen their connection and plan to enchant Elioth. The gang says their goodbyes as Mobius returns to the TVA. Classic Loki Loki projects the entire city of Asgard to distract it. Loki and Sylvie enchant the monster and march toward the end of the void. Woo! Was it very good? Was that Hercule? Who were you trying to impersonate right no, there? That's that was the guy. The, that's like that's the, the guy. That's like okay. The, I know. I know that meme. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the guy's voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Next time on Dragon Ball Z. So yeah, uh, Steve, uh, fix that up in post. But Jomi, what, what, what can we say? about Loki episode five. It has done what I believe, it is fair to say, all the Disney Plus MCU shows do, which is like mm. episode five, they blow the budget. They do the, big, would, they do the big thing. It was enormous what happened in this episode. The girth was wide, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for it. <laughs> Honestly, just from the start of the episode to the end, it was just so many things happening. And I enjoyed every single second of it, to be honest with you. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I think what this episode did, like, this is a comic book lover's just 
dream. The amount yeah. of Easter eggs yeah. that were dropped, the amount of characters. There were moments where I, I truly just had to go on the internet because I was like, I didn't catch all the Easter eggs. There's no way. Oh, like, yeah. I was I, pausing, rewinding. I was going back and forth. Like, dog, it was I was just... reading signs. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, what, do you think that this is... I think one of the things that Van and I in the past maybe have criticized Loki for is that there was a couple episodes where not a lot happened. There was not mm -hmm. a lot of plot. It was very vibe heavy. Yeah. Would you say this is the most plot heavy episode where we learn a lot, things happen, we're going, traveling to different worlds. There's just so much being thrown at us. A hundred percent. Every like five minutes, somebody was explaining something new to Loki or to Sylvie or to Mobius Right? Like, we're just getting new information from Ravona from Miss Minutes. It was just an episode full of exposition, which is great, which means the next episode, the finale, we're just going to get right into it. You know, we're just going to get right into the flow. So it was really enjoyable episode, and I'm glad, like, we got to learn some stuff so we can get this thing cracking. What do you think are the biggest questions that this episode answered? Because right off the top, my biggest one is that we were wondering at the end of episode four, is Mobius dead? Where did Loki go? Where do people go when they're pruned? And we learned that. We learned that in this episode. It's the void. This is a place that's at the end of time, basically. And we're learning just like Loki is learning uh, what happens when you're pruned. And essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, Timekeeper, when you are pruned, you don't disappear. You go to almost like this pocket dimension, this pocket universe where you have Elioth, who is this big purple cloud, <laughs> essentially just like eating everything alive. It's like a gar it's like a garbage disposal for all of creation. <laughs> well, my biggest question is where did Alligator Loki go? <laughs> <laughs> King Loki turned around. Alligator Loki was like, actually, I'm going to see y'all at the crib. I I'm not helping nobody. <laughs> no, but I think my biggest question leads into, you know, where are Loki and Sylvie going? You know, we saw Sylvie have that enchantment, you know, at the beginning of the episode with the, with Eliath. And so they open the portal, they enchant Eliath, and now they have access to its memories. So where are they going? What will they see next episode? I'm excited to see where that goes. For those that don't know, Guys, I had to look up who Elioth was from the comics. But for those that don't know, he was created by Mark Grunewald and Mike Gustafovich. He first appeared in 1993's Avengers, The Terminatrix, Objective Number 1. And he says in that issue, can I explain what he says in that issue about who he is? Oh, please do. He says, I am Elioth. I am the supreme being of the time span prior to Kang's. My empire is far greater than his, stretching back to the dawn of life on Earth. So in the comic books, it's a little bit different. In Loki, the show, he's essentially like a watchdog. He's like a Cerebus for who's mm -hmm. ever passed the void. In like mm -hmm. that castle we see at the end of the episode. In the comic books, he is essentially like this big purple being who owns more temporal space than even Kang does. So they use something from the comic books and they made him, they turned him a little bit more into a guard dog. Now, the thing that I want to bring up with Elith, the one major flaw I think that this episode had is that it had the CGI problem where uh. there's always the CGI blob <laughs> in, the, in the MCU. Was it a problem though? Was it a problem? I it mean, was, it, there was a couple moments where I'm just like, ooh, this looks like a CW show, my guys. Well, well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Charles. He quite literally is a purple cloud. 
in the comics. So I don't know what you want them to, what you want oh, them to do with that. Oh, it's comic book accurate. I'm not saying it's comic book accurate, but guys, if, if, if we're leveling with each other, there were a couple moments where you're like, oh man, this is, uh, you needed just a, like maybe 10 million more. You maybe needed a little bit more like the movie budget to I, rock I this. I got it. See now, okay, so this is why Jomi and I are here. It's because we gotta, we gotta, so we need for two real. people for you to pump the brakes. We're, right, we're not as strong as some of these other hosts that you got, but we gotta get you to pump the brakes. But I think to, to your point, about the big CGI fight. I think where this show has been striving in, you know, we've been seeing the MCU TV formula kind of laid bare for us for these past three seasons now. And of the quote-unquote big CGI finale fight, I think this was probably the best that it's ever done because it's indicative to all of the Loki's powers. It's used as a sort of, again, plot device to get us to this final thing. When we've seen the CGI battle before, I'm thinking specifically of WandaVision, it's just people fighting in the sky, throwing fireballs at each other. Now, this, is, this one was way better than WandaVision. This was I will way say that. better. It was yeah, way, yeah. CGI was way better. Yeah. Maybe they learned a couple tricks. Not even so I, much CGI, but like the conflict. It's indicative of like, okay, well, we need classic Loki's help. We need this big distraction. We need this thing to help us get to this objective. To defend Elias, if we needed to get the purple cloud to get classic Loki summoning an illusion of Asgard to show our Loki and Sylvie like, damn, y'all are powerful. Then I grant it because I was like, this is sick because I do think this one is of the so sick with Loki and they even kind of poke fun of it in this episode is like classic Loki is like, why are y'all using like swords and shit? Yeah. We're so much powerful than this guys. And I was just like, talk your shit, classic Loki. Show me, what did you think of like introducing that Loki's are more powerful than we've seen in these past movies. They're not just tricksters. They are actual sorcerers. I think it's great for Loki's growth as a character. If Because there have been rumors of, of a season two. If we're going to see him again, it'll be something that he can look, look back and be like, hey, I don't have to, you know, just be like the trickster just doing my, what did he call it in episode two? Where he was like, illusions versus um illusion projection involves depicting a detailed image from outside oneself which is perceptible in the external world whereas duplication casting entails recreating an exact facsimile of one's own body in its present circumstance right he's got you know way bigger powers than that he can cast illusions like asgard like classic loki or he can enchant people like sylvie he's not just a one-trick pony and so him learning all that through other Lokis, I think, will be important for his future if we do see more of this Loki going forward. So while we're on the topic of Loki, you know, Loki wakes up. He sees all these variants. I want to go through the variants real quick. All right. What did we think of kid Loki? We learned very, very early on that my man murked Thor in his universe. That was big. I almost gasped. I'm like, because oh, like lo our Loki is just like, dog, why are you letting a kid lead you around? And then my dude's like, he killed Thor. I was like, oh shit. Joey, what did you feel? What did you, what did you think of kid Loki? I mean, if you've listened to any of the Ringiverse pods between this one and Mao's, everybody knows that kid Loki is enormous for my young Avengers agenda, right? <laughs> We're getting that made. So it was great to see him have a part and be and just take charge really i loved him you know like he <laughs> killed i want to know how a kid loki killed kid thor yeah, if i could if i could have directed the episode <laughs> i would have just or written it i'm like all right we just need like a five minute flashback to see how kid loki just like just totally took it to thor oh but here's the, here's the other thing though 
if we're going down the list of Thors, mm-hmm. Black Loki was running mm-hmm. out here like he was fucking Pac, running out on the court doing nothing. Uh, a lot of fucking nothing. They just gave him nothing from to three. Zero percent from three. <laughs> Bro, I was sick, man. I was sick. <laughs> When he when they came when he came around, he was like, "Yeah, I betrayed." I was like, "Bro, man, after every, how you gonna put us down like that? Put on for the black people, dog, dog." They made Black Loki go out sad. Bro. Oh, I was like, <laughs> he disappointed man. me. I'm not gonna lie, he disappointed me. Now, what we say, I I would say, classic Loki. We already talked about his powers. I think he was honestly the MVP of this. Classic Loki has oh, the, the original Loki costume from, from the comic books, Journey into Mystery. And yeah. he says something that I think is almost the theme of the episode is that we cannot change. We're broken. Every version of us forever. And in this episode, we see Classic Loki going on a journey of yeah. realizing that Lokis are capable of change. It's it's in micro what our Loki has been learning throughout this season. And we see this older version of him who, this, the story he shares is really, really sad, man. It yeah. almost got a tear out of me. Where basically he he abandoned the universe. He just thought the universe was pain. He lives on this, this planet. He forsakes Thor and all of these people. And the Nexus event for him is when he wants to Hop off the porch. The minute he hopped off the porch, the TVA rode around on the drive. I was like, bow, 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 bow. got him out of here. <laughs> what did you think of classic Loki story? story? I thought it. I thought it was, you know, really incredible. You know, starting at like Thanos, like he had the same experience as Loki did, except of, instead of getting his neck snapped, he hid as an as just a random object, and then got just just sat off into space. You know, it was like that Doctor Manhattan meme, just sitting on the moon. Just, <laughs> I'm tired of these people, <laughs> right? <laughs> their problems. Oh, it really is like the Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> he was just, he was really just vibing, you know, to himself, which is not a thing that a Loki does. Like a Loki is always there, causing mischief, causing problems, and for him to take that step, and be like, you know what? I've just, I've seen enough. Like everybody around me is either died or is in pain. Like, I'm just going to take myself, take my ball and go home, you know, and chill. And then for that, for that not to be the Nexus event. Right. But then for him to be like, you know what, it's been how many millennia, you know, I'm coming out. Let me, let me do my thing. And TV is like, actually, no, it explains why classic Loki is the way he is. We don't got to be doing all this, y'all. Yeah, I, I love classic Loki. He was just, it was such a, I thought it was going to be too hokey, but but when I saw just kind of everything he did in the episode and kind of how he just taught the younger Lokis about life, it was just amazing. We got two more Lokis to go. Dog, Alligator Loki was about that action. When That's President Loki comes in and he just bites that motherfucker's hand off, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, my man, like, well, like alligator Loki, like, that's also if, if my main critique. We needed more alligator Loki in this. 100%. He was hilarious, bro. Yeah, that's that is my G, alligator Loki. Cause you know, he could have just been chilling, like, yeah, I'm an alligator, but I'm gonna do me. I don't need y'all. He was he was real part of the team. He was like for real part of the team. It was like, and I like he had a little attitude and shit. He's yeah. like, nah, y'all, y'all be easy. I'm cool out here. He was rocking with him. I love that. I love that. And they didn't treat him as a pet. They treated him as like, hey, he's one of us. I love that. It was it was really special. And last but not least, this is also like I give him also, I give Black Loki of this award and I give this next Loki of the award. The award of like he was running around on the court doing a lot of nothing. <laughs> he was just doing cardio, <laughs> right? Pre- President Loki, bro. Like 
dog. Y'all like we were waiting. We were like, like, oh shit, is he gonna be the leader? Blah 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 blah. My man comes in, gets his shit rocked, and we just move on to the next <laughs> thing. I was like, damn, you did, you did, President Loki. <laughs> I was talking I was talking to Steve we're talking I was talking to Steve before the before we started recording and like personally I thought like President Loki would be like a flashback to you know something that we haven't seen in like a Loki history but for him to like show up and just get dogged immediately (laughs) was just high comedy it was, it was so, so funny and it's 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 the thing that we keep talking about on the Midnight Boys Dog, we as fans, we gotta stop. Be like, oh man, like, what's this Loki gonna do? Blah blah blah. I bet this is that. And the writers are like, nope, he. <laughs> <laughs> nope, sorry guys, fair. fuck y'all. Well, I think it's also important to to mention that like this is kind of the first uh, real bait and switch in casting that the show has done for us because a lot of people would have thought that like, oh, this is going to be our Loki, presuming yeah. a role of President Loki to, I don't know, like band up these marauders or make some sort of elaborate plan to escape the void. But no, this is just a completely different Loki saying, and I'll never forget this line because it was really fun. It's just, which one of us are you? Yeah. Which is a very fun thing to say. And yeah. our Loki's just like, God damn it, this is a nightmare. And I think that that's a <laughs> wonderful bit of fun that this episode's having because we keep forgetting that this show is... It caught up in the what the, the it's, I'm borrowing a Doctor Who phrase here, timey wimeyness of it all, where it has fun with itself and plays this big role in showing how these characters play off each other. And I think it comes up when we get the brawl of the Lokis, the massive amounts of deception that will inherently yeah. befall every single Loki when put into a single room together. I can't believe none of them saw that coming. <laughs> like, you put, like, a couple of a couple. them did. A couple of them did. All right. This is my also. This is my issues with all the Lokis. We're we're playing with their power scaling, but I feel like the writers are playing fast and loose with their intelligence. Because I'm like, none of y'all Lokis thought that <laughs> these other Lokis are lying to you. Like they're you, and, and they're all just like <laughs> like Black Loki. This is why they did Black Loki so bad. He so just dirty. is like the Scooby Doo, huh? Like I'm just like. Dog, he was shocked. Like, what the fuck? He, he, he could not what? believe that he got he got tricked. And I'm like, bro, you're a Loki. That's all you do. <laughs> I actually feel really bad for the actor because I was like on Twitter. And like after the last episode, he was just so excited. He was so excited to be in the MCU. And I was just like, yeah, man, get that shit off. Get your tweet off. Get like, get the excitement out. Because episode five did him dirty. <laughs> episode five did him dirty. I need to call hey. Umar Johnson like ASAP. Like... <laughs> As long as the check cash, you feel me? Ooh, you all right, so guys, straight. We, we, let's go to what I would say is a little bit more. I think this actually pushed the plot forward more if it wasn't maybe as exciting. But we have a lot of Ravona and Sylvie. And basically, what I wanted to talk to you guys about Ravona is like, at this juncture, I personally think that Ravona is the big bad of this. It was kind of clear to me that like, Maybe she doesn't know everything, but she knows more than she's leading on. She's lying to Sylvie at multiple points. And while I don't think it's so late in the game, I don't actually think we're going to get like Kang a debut in person. We might get his name. We might get something else. I do think Ravona is like the main villain. Like she is the power broker. She is Sharon, the power broker. We were all looking for Kang all along. And Ravona from the moment was just, the big bad. Am I wilding? I can't believe you found a way to sneak Power Broker in here, bro. 
after everything we talked about. I can't believe you did that to me. What this now, this seems this seems like a power broker thing where we're all all like power broker, power broker, and I'm just like it's just the per- like it's the person yeah. who I think is like the second person on the call sheet. She's the villain. <laughs> like we've been, we're just so dumb. <laughs> it's like yeah, I. I mean, I think she, you know, is like the Loki in Avengers to Kang's Thanos, yeah. right? You send a herald, you know, to, you know, do all the, the dirty work. But I don't think she even knows that she's, you know, the the Loki. Or I guess the better app, the more app thing would be Silver Server to Galactus, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> but Ravona is definitely like the big bad in terms of this this season of television. Lied to, she, she's lied to Sylvie. You know, yeah, I'll help you, da, 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 you know, when her life was in danger. She lies about the ship. I was just like, there's no ship. Trying to bullshit a bullshitter, by the way, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. like, poorly. I don't know about you guys, but I'm watching the episode. I'm like, that sounds like Cap. She, she's alive. She, she, <laughs> there's no way. And then as soon as the TVA guards rolled back in, she was like, yeah, I'm top dog. I was like, man, you a front runner, man. You, you was only doing that because you thought your life was on the line. But also speaking of front runners, Miss Minutes showing up for Ravona. I don't trust Miss Minutes. Initiating right. the big lie. Wait, also, the- I know, I know the listeners hate when I go off on a tangent, but I have to ask this real quick. Do not lie, mm-hmm. guys. Don't lie, Steve. Mm-hmm. Don't lie, Joni. Could Miss Minutes get it? Would you swipe right on Tinder? God, dude. Mm. See, here's the thing, right? And like, I'm gonna expose. I'm gonna expose myself a little bit. Tell me, you can't. Why are you even humoring so, this? So, <laughs> wait, no, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, me, me. Look, my, Charles is my guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> indulge him on this one. I'm gonna indulge him on this one. See, Miss Minutes is voiced by Tara Strong, right? And if any of y'all are outside, you know Tara Strong, legendary voice actress, also voices. Raven from Teen Titans, right? Oh my god! This is no. This is cheating. If, this is cheating. I don't know if y'all outside like that. Stop. But Raven, Teen Titans. I'm not gonna say nothing. But twelve year old Jomi was like, "Hey, what's what you trying to get into, Raven? Like, what do you like? <laughs> you know, like what do you like to do outside?" I'm so all so I'm saying is, Jomi, right? Now. So all I'm saying is, you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> would I would I do it? I'd have I'd have to think about it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going I'm to think about it. Here's what I'll say, all right? She's missed minutes for a reason, all right? Ooh. You don't tie that down. She's single. You're shooting a half-court shot at best, Jomi. All okay. right? I'm not even going to bother. Well, here's the, th- here's the thing I think we're all forgetting Out of now, your league. Is that she's off. She's not single, right? She's married to Mr. Minute Kapal, Arjuna, right? Wait, That's Arjuna? Arjuna? Yeah, Arjuna, get on here. Arjuna's, Arjuna's voice on the pod. Arjuna, unmute on really here. quick. Are you thirsting for Miss Minutes out here? No, 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 not at all. Jomi's referencing my Miss Minutes theory. Oh, what's your Miss Minutes theory that she's the big bad? She's pulling the strings. She's the first voice that everybody in the TVA hears. She's been probably the oldest thing there, just coordinating everything. She holds all the knowledge. She holds the sacred files. She knows what happens at the end of the key. She's like the how. She, you know, she's the evil robot that's gone. Like crazy. in Wally with the with the motherfucking thing that comes yep. down and doesn't yeah. want him to go back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. shit. Yep. All right. All right. I like this. I like this. Arjuna, you get a point on the board. Guys, that's Arjuna. He's also a midnight boy. You just never hear him because he never wants to show up. So watch <laughs> us record. He hates <laughs> us over here. Thanks, Arjuna. I like that. But guys, I love the show. Oh, pew pew. Thanks, Arjuna. All right, guys, we have something more important. Let's stick, let's stick in the love corner, okay, here. Loki, Sylvie, first question I have for you guys. 
does Loki have game? Because I really don't think he does. To quote a legendary uh, sports character, Stephen A. Smith, he has no game whatsoever. <laughs> that man, he was he was so bad. It was so embarrassing. Like, and he, you know, we we talked about um, in episode three. You know how him and Sylvie went back and forth. He was like, "Yeah, I know you enjoy time with you know, you know, lots of princesses, lots of princes." He was like, "I assume you as well," and so. You know, we think, oh, man, Loki's been outside. You know, he's out there, you know, spitting game at every, you know, every which way. He's getting it. All right, shout out to him. But then you see that scene and you realize, like, he has no flirt game at no. all. No. Zero. To, to give him credit, we referenced this from the previous episode and from now that this is new for him. He hasn't felt this way about somebody. But still. Nah, Steve, nah. Steve. No like, game. He's got you none. Can't, like, Loki is like... Millennia years old. He's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years old. You telling me that your game is that weak when he like when he does a little thing, he like basically like gets the blanket and then conjures it out of nowhere and then like wraps it around her. I'm like, dog, this is high school moves, bro. This is like, can I put my arm around you? I'm like, this is his problem, though. He knows how to flirt. He doesn't know how to feel. All right. Oh, I give Steve a point for that. I give Steve a point for that. But the other thing I wanted to talk about with Loki and Sylvie is how do we feel about that bond? It's it's still there's love there. I think there's attraction there that is yeah. very very clear by the end of this episode that our Loki will do anything for Sylvie, even risk his life. Do we feel like this relationship has been built up enough? Has it been rushed? Jomi, what are you feeling? It's weird because I'm very I'm if if you guys know uh, follow me on the twitters when and during Umbrella Academy. Uh, Luther and Allison, they're like brother. They're not like actually brother and sister. They're adopted each siblings. Other. Yes, they're not biologically related, but it's still a little icky. Yes, right. And then in the Flash, Iris and Barry, right, raised together. They got they call the same dude dad, right? Like I'm not really yes. there for that. You know, that's still a little weird to me. But in this case, I I'm buying it on the sense of like, first of all, like of course a Loki would fall in love with a Loki. Yes. Thematic, thematically, it makes it sense. works because I think yeah. what we're learning, this show is also about, is about Loki learning to not only love himself, but trust himself. Because Sylvia mm-hmm. at one point turns to him, it's like, how do I know I can trust you? And if we follow that, like they are the same, which they say, it is Loki not only learning how to trust um, a partner, but learning how to trust himself, that he won't double cross himself, that he won't hurt her in the same way that he's hurt Thor, Odin, or his mom, all of these characters. So thematically it works. It's still in my mind, little Games of Thrones and a little bit like, I still, this is weird. I agree, but like when you see it, like throughout the episodes, it honestly does feel like genuine, right? It does, it does feel, feel genuine, yes. It does. Like I'm really impressed with how like they did this in, you know, five episodes up to now because I, when I was watching the scene, I'm like, they're like little, they're like little, middle schoolers you know trying to figure out like what like well oh, no did you hear what mobius said no I didn't, I didn't hear that i don't think that's true da, da, da. but just like they're just deflecting because they they have feelings for each other that they've never felt before and you're like wow like i do buy that these two people are falling in love now it is it, like you said it is a little weird that they are you know the same person but it's i i definitely buy it and well and that's not to discount like you talk about loki's growth from this relationship about learning to love himself. Think about what Sylvie's getting out of this. Mm. She said herself, Mm -hmm. I don't have anyone. 
I have never had anyone. And Loki is giving her that type of companionship, that trust, that thing that she can use to have a life, go on past this, because that's the goal at the end of all of this. At the end of the void, she wants her salvation. She wants her life and dreams to come true because she wants the life that was taken from her. And Loki's giving her the sort of trust and and knowledge to know that like people can help you along the way as he's learning it himself. That makes me a little bit sad. After that conversation that Loki and Sylvie had, immediately in my brain is like, oh, they're killing Loki off. Next episode, they're killing him off. Like this is like a character moment of when they start talking about like, what are we going to do after like we're done with the TVA? And they're talking about like, we don't know how to live life. Like maybe we can figure it out together. I'm like, oh, they killing Tom Hiddleston off, bro. It's possible. We see what happened when 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 uh Thanos, the thought he had snapped everything off, he goes off to the cottage and they just like, whack, whack. I, <laughs> I honestly think that they are sending Tom Hiddleston off. That moment was just like, oh, they're not going to give Sylvia a happy ending. There's no way they're going to do this. Is that theory wild? No, I don't. I don't think they'll kill either of them. I do think they'll split them apart. No, I think Sylvia is here to stay. I don't think that story-wise it would make sense for for them to have Sylvie be happy because she's they've spent so much time introducing Sylvie that I don't think she's going anywhere. And Tom she's been Hiddleston, great too. Yeah, she's been great. She's been Sophia Di Martino's killing it. Just really, just she needs whatever awards are out there. I yeah. just think that because she's doing such a good job and because they've given her such such dialogue to chew on in so many scenes that you can't make her happy at this. The MCU is damn near TV right now, well, especially the movies. She has to be in other shit. You know? Of course. And I, I would yeah. only offer a slight pushback in thinking that I think that if anybody deserves the happy ending come the end of all this, it is Sylvie. Because if this is to be a passing of the torch from one Loki to another, if Hiddleston really is on his way out, I think the most catharsis in the world could come from the Loki that we've known for a decade plus taking L after L after L and feeling like the most about a version of himself that has yet to really come into fruition. And if he sends that off into life and, you know, the rest of the MCU as we know it with, you know, a hero's journey to start with, I think that that's wonderful. Do we think that we're going to see Mobius again? Because one thing that like, it, it almost seemed like this was like, weirdly our goodbye to Owen Wilson because they're like, all right, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to go burn the TVA to the ground. And that's a full circle moment to him because in the beginning of the series, even before Sylvie was there, a lot of this story was rooted in order, in chaos, in believing in something and having faith in something. Even if you don't, you've never seen it. And what does it mean to challenge your faith and to believe in yourself? And now we've gotten a Mobius who in previous episodes is basically like, I don't like, I don't need to know. He's very much like, I'm an agent. I'm here to do what I'm here to do. And we got the full circle moment where he's like, I'm burning the TVA to the ground. I don't care. Uh, what did you guys think about that turn for Mobius as a character? And do you think that that's the final time we're going to see him in this series? I think we'll see him again. I think the episode six will be split into like two, you know, distinctive blocks where, you know, one part is going to be Loki and Sylvie handling their business with, with the cloud and, you know, the enchantment thing. And second half is going to be Mobius, Ravona, Hunter B-15, Miss Minutes, handling stuff at the TVA, you know, between them. Hopefully we see Casey again. But we'll definitely see 
Mobius again, you know, burning, hopefully burning the TVA to the ground. Like that, I think that's And getting his jet ski. That's what I would want. Show's not over until we ride that jet ski. Until he rides in the sunset <laughs> with that jet ski, man. We don't hit the credits until we see him on that jet ski. And then this is this is the moment I've been waiting for. I think this is we're gonna have Easter egg corner. We don't really do much Easter eggs here on the Midnight Boys. Honestly, we don't have time. We watch the the show and then we have to jump on and talk about it. But want to give you y'all a little something extra. So we're, will you guys indulge me? I'm gonna give you my top eight Easter eggs. Are we ready? I'm here. Number one has to be Throg, aka Frog Thor. It has to be. There's a shot that we see where where basically they're going down. We're seeing everything, all of the dirt, and he's in this little jar and he's trying his best to get out. Okay. And then we there's a little, there's a little label on it that says 365. And for comic book fans, you know that this was like the this isn't when Frog Thor debuted, but that's when like Throg like had the power of Thor. Okay. Show me when you saw Throg, what were what were you thinking? I was like Where's Beta Ray Bill? Like, let's get this thing cracking, man. Ooh. <laughs> you right, save that, that for the big leagues, Jomi. You save that for the big leagues. That's coming in love and thunder. That's, Come on. Uh, here's my thing, I, I need dog. that for Thor 4. I need that for Thor 4. If they don't give us Beta Ray Bill and Thor Love and Thunder, tr- throw the whole MCU away. We've been of course waiting. They are. Of course they are. Uh, I hope. Uh, is, is, that's my prayer. If they do that, they will. everything will be worth it. But Throg, when I saw him, the second Easter egg... And I might be wrong. Is he jumping around trying to get that the Mjolnir that's in the ground? Like he's trying to get back to it? That's yeah. what I thought, right? Yeah, that's what I thought too. So I thought too, yeah. That was so funny. It was just those two. That was amazing. Now, this one is a little bit more obscure. But we see a helicopter that says Thanos on it, all right? This is a nod to a very, very uh, silly comic, Spidey Super Stories 39. It's created. In, it was released in 1979. Where, yes, Thanos flies an actual helicopter. It has its name on it. This is just, if you have a place like the Void that is just supposed to be where everything goes to get eaten and all this shit, this is the perfect example of an Easter egg that's so funny. I, it was just, it was amazing. Jomi, were you laughing when you saw that? I was dying. I like to think that the Thanos copper didn't even break the sacred timeline. Somebody just saw it and was like... This is really dumb. Let's get this thing out of here. Yeah. He pruned it to the void. There was also, this is this one wasn't as big of a wow moment, but it was one that I was just like, oh, like they're really, they care about this world. Is that when Mobius is driving his, the car, the pizza car, the license plate is GRNW1D, which reads as Grunwald. For those that don't know, he is a legendary comic creator and he is like the basis of the comic book uh, Mobius, because when he was a writer at Marvel, everybody would make fun of him, an editor writer, that he was like an encyclopedia. And like visually, he is what they based Mobius on in the comic books and what they, I'm assuming, based uh, Owen Wilson on. So that was super dope. Now, this one, have you heard of the Living Tribunal, Chomi? Yes. There was a head that a lot of people are claiming is a living tribunal because it had the, the three faces. And for those that don't know, he was created by Stan Lee, Mary Severin, and Herb Trimp. And he essentially is like the judge of the multiverse, which is another clue we were talking about in previous episodes that it feels like we're going to a Secret Wars moment where there's going to be multiverses where we're probably going to see multiple Spider-Men. We're seeing all these Lokis. And like the Living Tribunal is a perfect example of like, oh, they are like going home 
with the multiverse. What did you think when you saw that, Joe? They're not holding back, you know, because the thing with Easter eggs are like when you see it, you know, it develops like a theory usually, right? Yeah. And the the Living Tribunal is like like you mentioned, like he's the card of the multiverse, right? So if his head is in the void, <laughs> where is the Living Tribunal? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where's Wallace? Where is the Living Tribunal string? <laughs> like, then another so it's like one. really important. So like it's wild. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy when because I like I was like scrolling through Twitter, like just being like, oh, did I miss anything? And when someone's like, oh, that's the living tribunal's head, I was like, oh shit. But another huge. another oh shit is that we got another like very, very cute Kang tease where it's like the previous episode was like, oh, he's in the void. That's Avengers Tower. But if you look closely, it does not read Avengers Tower. It reads Q-E-N-G, Quang Enterprises. And this is based on a story in the comic books where Tony Stark sells Avengers Tower to this enterprise, the CEO of which is Mr. Griffin. And in the story, it is revealed that Mr. Griffin is another version of Kang. Once again, they are the, the breadcrumbs are there. And this ties into the one of the easiest Easter eggs is we see a huge yellow jacket helmet and we've already been told in news that Kang is coming and Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? So what do you think about like them continuously just teasing Kang over and over again, Joe? I honestly can't wait to see Jonathan Majors, you know, is a great actor. And so we're finally going to see, you know, the Lord of Time on screen. That's that's honestly super exciting. The yellow jacket helmet thing, I think, proposes an interesting theory that I'm sure we've talked about on the Ringiverse and people have been talking about online since the show began. So in Ant- the first Ant-Man, like Scott Lang goes into Yellow Jacket's armor and like punches through it and gets stuck in the quantum realm and Yellow Jacket like just like disappears, right? Yeah. Just turns into pulp and just vanishes, right? Going back and like watching Ant-Man and the Wasp in the quantum realm, you're like, okay, yeah, so... It would make sense that, like, he, you know, got popped into the quantum realm, and now it's just, like, a, a fissure of, you know, whatever world that he's stuck in. But seeing his helmet in the void and all the, you know, conversations about maybe him being in the quantum realm, it's like, is the void the quantum realm? Well, <laughs> you know, something to think about. If we think the TVA is in the quantum realm, right? maybe the TVA just pruned him and dumped him there. But guys, this is a variant. Like, like this might not true. be the yellow jacket from, from our universe. Be. It might just be a yellow jacket from a timeline. Slash this universe. also allows us to have just a bunch of random bullshit that exactly. is not going to be right? addressed in the, in the comics <laughs> at all. Let me go through the, all, because there's, there's random bullshit that I'm just like, this means nothing, but they just want to have fun because there's a helicarrier. Someone pointed out that Red Skull ship from Captain America is in there. Yes. And then Ronan Accuser's ship is there. So there's also like, as much as the fans are like, oh, what does this mean for the future of the MCU? I'm just like, it might just mean that they want to put some like dope ass shit and, and just like not explain it. They also like, got the New York Sanctum Sanctorum in there. All right. Well, was I wiling? I was just like, is that the Sanctum I thought Sanctum? I was tripping yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all here doing like all this theorizing, all this, you know, like red yarn drawing stuff. Meanwhile, they're at Marvel Studios like, hey, y'all still got those uh, CGI assets for the hair carrier? Yeah, that's easy, man. Just port those over to me, man. We'll just put that in the episode. Yeah, no problem. That's easy work, <laughs> you know? All right, so, Joe, as 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 my fellow black brother on this podcast, I want to pitch you on something really quick because you brought up Kang and Jonathan Steve, Majors. turn your mic off. Turn your sound yeah, off. Yeah, we know Steve. how he likes to play around here. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me if I'm crazy. What What's if... Up? Because we have Jonathan Majors there. 
what if we made Jonathan Majors Kang like a hotep? Like, what if he like came back from like Egypt <laughs> and was like to Ant Man? He was like, we was kings. <laughs> like, would you? I think that would be so amazing. You got the cool from your seat, my brother. You not you not seeing the vision, you know? Because time, right? They say time is as a flat circle. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're not seeing it, my brother. Why do you think clocks are around? <laughs> my brother, you got to put it together. You see, you understand what I'm saying? Like, honestly, it would get annoying, but I'm here for the jokes. So bring it on. I'm here. I'm locked what if, in. What if Kang is just all the realities pruning? He's just like, we got to get the white nonsense off the sacred timeline. <laughs> my kings. <laughs> his whole thing is pruning white kings. Like, that's his whole thing. No white kings. We was Kangs. We was black Kangs. <laughs> we was Kangs. <laughs> That's his whole thing. All right. I'm sorry, guys. Audience, I'm sorry. If you've listened to this, I, I know you guys hate it. I love a tangent, okay? I love, <laughs> I love a branch timeline. But lastly, I think what I want to end this podcast on is asking what are the, like, the final questions that we have going into the last episode of Loki? And here's my problem. Guys, don't hate me about I would say it's fair to say that like the last episode of WandaVision, the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier could not hold up the promise of the fifth episode, you know, because they had to answer so many questions. They had to move characters around so they could be in other movies. Like we're waiting for Doctor Strange to appear. He doesn't appear. Like we're waiting for like shit in Falcon and the Winter Soldier to pop off in like the last episode and just kind of doesn't because he needs to be in a movie. How does Loki, because we've had a great season of TV, stick the landing when it's been so hard for the previous two shows? I think it's going to be easier for this show to do so because they set it up quite well in episode five. I think in the fir- in WandaVision, while I, I don't, I mean, I think it was definitely the weakest episode of the, the, the series. I think what we got was ultimately like what we're always going to get. You know, we weren't, you know, we, we set ourselves up you know, expectations that we set up ourselves up for failures. That's, that's fair. us. No. Falcon and the soldier, at least for me, all the other stuff that wasn't Isaiah Bradley stuff was just, it just fell flat for me personally. And so like, that's just me. But for this one, we get, you know, Mobius saying, Hey, I'm going to go burn the TVA to the ground. Right. We see Loki and Sylvie in that enchantment, right? Like the dominoes are set up. Now what happens Who knows? I can't wait to find out. But I think ultimately we are in a position where we're going to get the TVA fight between, you know, Mobius, Hunter B-15 versus Ravona and Miss Minutes. And then the second block with Loki and Sylvie. That's that's it. That's that's the series right there. It's very simple. Like sticking the landing to me is very, very simple. I think the only way that they'll trip up and this is this is hard for all of them. My my words go out to him is that like. The MCU has to continue. And I think sometimes the disappointing thing is just like, damn, like you can't tell a complete story because like Sylvie has to show up in something else. You know what I mean? Like other characters have to show up in something else. So you're just like, damn. And then we're just like, oh, stick around because Sylvie's going to be in this thing. So I, I do think that like this, the difficulty level isn't actually that high because the show has had a similar level of quality throughout. It's just, it's been great. So I just think like, they just got to stick the landing. And I think we'll probably have our first, our probably our most successful Disney Plus show. And I think maybe, I don't know when L- Loki was made, but I would assume that this is, there's a reason this was probably third. Because this one seems like the most fully formed, the most fully baked. Am I wild in saying that? No, 
No, no, no, no, no. This is like the one where they're just like, we exactly know where we want our, what our, we want our story to be. We're not trying mm-hmm. to force you to fall in love with like new versions of characters. We're just potentially trying to just send off Tom Hiddleston in the best way we know how. And as long as they like emotionally can hit that core of just like, this is why you've loved Tom Hiddleston for almost 15 years now. We just wanted to honor his legacy as Loki and maybe just in, like introduce some new characters into the mix to keep the mantle alive. And that's actually, you've, you've talked about Young Avengers, Jomi. Would you like to see child Loki, kid Loki, or Sylvie lead the Young Avengers? I need kid Loki there because we've got, we got Bailey and Tommy from WandaVision, Isaiah Bradley's grandson from Falcon Winter Soldier. Or later this year, we're getting Miss Marvel in the, the Marvel show. And then we're getting Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, in the Hawkeye show. And then there's Ironheart and Stature coming to the MCU in the next few next few years. That is like, it's right there. You know what I'm saying? It's right there. I'm rocking with Kid Loki because he's part like, you know, the original, the original he's, group. He's part of the Kieran Gillen comic book where he got, not the original Young Avengers together, but he got what I would say like is a more... Uh, the standard team. Yeah. He's like, is a, a very just like, they had uh, queer teammates, black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. everything. Now, America Chavez and Dr. Strange. Ooh, I yeah. love America Chavez. She's coming, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to push back on you, Joe. Okay. I actually would want Sylvie to lead the Young Avengers. Uh, acting like, <sighs> I just think that she's better. I just think, like, I know everybody's going to be like, but it's Kid Loki in the comics. I'm like, if we've learned anything in Loki, they don't give a fuck about sticking strictly to the comics. They're going to do, like, Sylvie is an amalgamation of different characters. I think, like, I love Kid Loki. Like, but the comic book person is like, Charles, shut up. We want our, we want our comic books in MCU to match up. But I just think it makes more sense. They've given more time to Sylvie to develop as a character. Now, they might be saving Sylvie for the actual Avengers, but, like, I've just seen more of Sylvie. I like her as a character. I think there's more to chew on. Kid Loki is great for a cameo. They just haven't given him enough for me to just be like, all right, he deserves it. Well, first of all, Charles, there's still one more episode left. You don't know. He might be the, the hero. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So let's slow your road. No, but I think ultimately it would be fun to see, the, like, for me, like, when I think of Younger Version, I think it's probably like a Disney Plus series, eight episodes like we're doing right now. But just to see, like, a whole bunch of kids running around trying to save the world, you know, no adult supervision. But here's the thing Sylvie said in this episode that she never had friends. And like for the young Avengers to be like her first friends, that to me, that's she's not going to go through that journey. Just to babysit Charles. Come yeah. on. She's not gonna babysit. <laughs> what are you talking about? How old is she not going to be? Are we going to get, we're going to get Sylvia van. They're called you know, a little whoa, minivan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some fucking magic school bus ass show. With, <laughs> where they're going through the central nervous system. They are called the young Avengers. All right. Assholes. Mm-hmm. They're not called the kid Avengers. They're called the fucking young Avengers. I would say that Sylvie is still on the young side. So it works. All right. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Steve, the episode where she got to take them to Six Flags, you know, <laughs> and like, hey, y'all got y'all tickets. Good. Did everybody pee? Hey, Kid Loki, did you use the bathroom? All right, let's go. Let's get it cracking. Come on, man. Man, I hate y'all. But is there, <laughs> do we have any departing words, any last any last things before, before we sign off and talk about Black Widow later? This episode, like we've we've talked about it. Tom Hiddleston talked about this episode very highly. He said episode five, episode four and five are my favorite episodes. 
right? So going to episode six and with what we just talked about, how like all the other shows have not stuck the landing quite like we hoped or just at all, it's it's going to be important. I'm not, look, I'm not going to say it's a Disney plus MCU legacy event, right? Like, like in basketball, we talk about a legacy game. We're like, hey, if they don't deliver today, their legacy's on the line. Is this a Chris so, Ball? Is this a Chris Ball in the finals thing where it's like, dog, yeah, it's your last not, chance, not bro. To bring, it's your last chance. <laughs> not to bring Ringer NBA to Ringer first, you know, like, oh, it's a legacy. Can, the question really is, can they produce a final episode that everybody will enjoy? I think it's more so, can they, can they produce a season of TV that feels contained and feels like it was worth it. Not mm-hmm. like the super highs where we're all like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And then the lows of being like, damn, I gotta, I gotta go back to the movies to see where this ended. I think Loki is actually a perfect time for them to be like, all right, we can deliver y'all six episodes. All of them were similar quality, if not better. And like, we're sending it off in style. I think Loki has the best chance of doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like that's the question, you know, if we're not talking, you know, plot details, because we uh, frankly don't know like what's going to happen next episode. Like we have no idea in terms of like what specifically can happen. But in terms of just overall thoughts, I think this show has the best chance to close it, but we'll just have to see. But I'm excited next week and I'm going to be in front of my TV 1150. Let's go. All right, guys. That was our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Midnight Boys. I want to send a special shout out for our social producer, Jomi, for stepping in. Our producer producer. Thanks to our producer producer, Steve Allman, for stepping in. And Arjuna Ramkapal. And yo, guys, make sure you follow The Ringerverse on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, if you're mad at us, if we missed an Easter egg, if we didn't explain enough, you know, reply to Jomi. He's good. He might reply back. He's good with that. And make sure you tune in to Mal's House of Mal tomorrow. She is going to break down the episode far better than we ever could. And that's coming out Thursday, guys, because on Friday, we have a special episode. We're talking about Black Widow. We're going to be up at midnight. We're going to be doing our best, guys. Okay, finally, I want to send my love to Van. We miss you here. The show is not the same without you. We, we can't wait to have you back. And I want to dedicate this episode to Van Lathan Sr., man. I, I know you're with the ancestors and we're all going to miss you. And with that, we're out. Charles, you always finish the episode with some bars. Let's hear them. All right. Joe, me and Steve, we're here. And they went out with a bang. I don't know what's going to happen on Loki episode six, but my black people remember we was Kangs! There was a scene where our Loki, Sylvie, and then Mobius comes. 
And Loki's looking at those two like snacks, like y'all delicious. It was like a Taika Waititi, stop, Rita Ora. <laughs> uh, what's the, what's the other one? Um, Tessa Thompson situation. Yeah. Do we think? Do we do we want Loki and Sylvie together, or do we want like a throuple situation? Do we want Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius? Because I think that's how our Loki would be his happiest. You know what I'm saying? Have a Moki, uh, Mobius and uh sylvie sandwich what are we what are we thinking guys well here's the thing loki has two hands right one for Ooh, get the f- and one <laughs> where for am i right sylvie. now <laughs> you know what i'm saying so hey what's hey, happening first of all steve it is 2021 i'm we're not letting right. people love how they love yeah right? damn, steve, steve, stop it somebody no need his mic arjuna yeah. mute steve look at him what's, what's wrong with that steve's being a hater we no, just got off pride month come on steve come on show some love no, they're no, they're buddies. That no, the, look back. Well, the, they can't. They can't be buddies and have something more. I no, I'm not saying that. All right, you're you're putting me into this corner. I shouldn't have jumped on this pod. Wow. Damn it! Damn it. Wow. <laughs> First, I'm anti-critical race theory. Now I'm homophobic. <laughs> you just—it's really disappointing to hear that from you, Steve. Wow. I thought I thought better of you, man. I'm just—I don't know. 